Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 115 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me as he always is, my good brother, good friend, and the gentleman that is our DCAU Review Twitter guru. That's right, we brought back the the nickname. (laughs) Welcome back to the DCAU Review, it's Liam. Liam, episode 115, still sticking in the city of Dakota with Static, and we have another Season 3 episode to cover today. So last week we were back in Season 2, this week we are back in Season 3. Uh, excited to talk about this episode today. Absolutely, we are picking up uh, pretty much right where we left off. Um, we'll actually have some thoughts on that, I think, once we get into plot about the timeline of this episode compared to the other season three episode we reviewed. But uh, yeah, we are talking about uh, the episode gear, uh, which if you are a fan of the show, you might recognize as uh, the episode where Richie goes from just being uh, statics guy in the chair, so to speak, to being a fully fledged superhero in his own right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting episode. Uh, Static at times takes a back seat, which uh, I don't think uh, hurts the episode very much. Uh, we'll get into that when we discuss our plot here at Liam. Uh, as we mentioned, we've only covered a handful of episodes thus far of Static, so it's it's really hard to fully, I think, capture, especially since we're not going in order with these, but fully capture the sort of metamorphosis that this Richie character takes. But this is sort of a big, as you said, sort of a big deal because he goes from just being Static's buddy that's sort of there to who knows static secret and is there to kind of observe to kind of being uh statics maybe uh, statics bruce wayne to or yeah the the bruce wayne to statics batman beyond i guess uh mm-hmm. where he, he's sort of helping him out in the field and making inventions for him and all of this and and this uh, is when he finally steps out kind of and steps into his own and becomes a, a full-fledged member of statics team yeah, absolutely, and uh, can't wait to jump into all of our categories, but as with every episode, Cal, before we can get into any of that, I, of course, have our official, official IMDb synopsis to read. Excellent. All right, and this is for the episode Gear, as mentioned, which was written by Dwayne McDuffie and Alan Burnett, directed by question mark, because it's not included in the credits, uh, <laughs> although there is, there, there's, so there's a title called storyboard supervisor so i just wrote that one down storyboard supervisor for this episode is mark howard uh with music by richard wolf and animation by dong wu and animation company and that synopsis reads as such 
In a delayed effect of the Bang Baby incident, Richie gains super inventive abilities and becomes the superhero gear. Is super inventive abilities hyphenated? Uh, no, it was not. I feel like it should be. But not, okay. I, uh, like I said, sometime I have to uh, 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 self-edit these a little bit to make them complete sentences. Gotcha. Yeah, that's. I was going to say super inventive abilities just doesn't roll off the tongue here. So let's see if we can break down the plot a little bit better, Liam, because I don't think it does it quite justice. Uh, but as I mentioned, this is sort of a coming-of-age episode for Richie, as the synopsis does allude to. There's a bit of a delay that they realize. Richie is sort of uh, slowly throughout the episode becoming more and more obsessed with inventing things and clearly uh, is going through some changes. He doesn't. He, he sort of seems to notice it at times uh, and kind of explains it away. Uh, and then Static and him ultimately have a conversation where they seem to deduce that this could be all related to the the Big Bang, as it were, that gave Static and a lot of the Bang Babies their, or all of the Bang Babies their powers. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, that's they sort of explain it as, uh, you know, Static or, or Virgil went to see Richie kind of just after it happened, and he would conceivably have residue from the uh, the gas that gave them their gave him his powers still on his clothing that uh, that Richie could have uh, absorbed and th- throughout the series there are people who are like developing their powers later it's not it's not seemingly put out that like, every single bang baby got their powers the night that it happened so I guess if you came into contact with the gas even in sort of this minor way eventually some sort of superpower could uh could rear its ugly head and and here it here it is for Richie yeah he sort of is slowly he's inventing new gadgets at first and then he's he's figuring out math problems uh at the drop of a hat and uh, is, is acing his chemistry quizzes and all that and it, it all kind of real uh gets them to to make this realization uh with our B plot sort of being that uh static where the Ebon and his crew have all broken out of jail, and of course Ebon happens to run into Richie, who uh, he previously met in the episode Sons of the Fathers, which you can actually listen to our review of that one in the archives at DCAUreview.com. Um, and we sort of get some build off of that. He figures out, well, if this guy's always around Static, let's follow this guy and figure out who Static is. And it all, it basically works very easily, <laughs> as it yeah. turns out. Um, but yeah, the, I, so the, I liked seeing villains who remembered things and who, like, put together a very simple but smart plot. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was not very difficult. They even remark that uh, as they're doing their reconnaissance that uh, Richie is hanging out with Virgil and Virgil has the same hairstyle as Static. Uh, <laughs> and Ebon sort of explains it away saying that, well, a lot of people have that hairstyle, but uh, is then reminded that not, not a lot of people with that hairstyle happen to hang around Richie. So, uh, yeah, there there is some villains using their powers of deduction and not just explaining things away, uh, as is so often the case, it seems, in comic books. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I think that um, I think that they 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 do a good job of making the plot fun at least. Before we before I guess we get into the real meat and potatoes of everything and get our scores and stuff, I have to ask you. I was just thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Of the three shows that you and I are fans of that have done a similar storyline, be it Smallville, be it the Flash uh, television series on the CW or Static Shock, who did the explosion slash supernatural event that causes a uh, supervillain of the week to show up uh, <laughs> trope best? Yes, we have we have the meteor freaks on Smallville. We have the particle accelerator explosion on uh, on the Flash, and then yes, we have the the bang the bang baby gas here on the on static. Uh, I'm I'm always preferable, as you know. I always have a I'm always gonna probably go for Smallville when when uh, topics like these come up. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny how you you kind of create your uh, your Deus Ex Machina as it will as a way to just give your super powered protagonist a bunch of super powered antagonists to fight. And yeah. you kind of can always go back to that well. And as we see in this episode, even if a character wasn't present at the time in the first episode when we see the event, you can still kind of logic your way into uh, giving other people powers based on the same event, even if they weren't really in the in the room at the time. It reminds me a little bit of the Cisco vibe bit that they eventually did for the flash and explaining that away and that he didn't have powers in the first season or two, I believe. And then suddenly he's a full fledged team member later on, but we are not here to talk about the flash television (laughs) series, Liam. No, we are here to talk about this week's episode. Anyway, um, I I think that uh, this is a fun episode. It's funny. They actually mention a particle accelerator at one point, I believe Uh, (laughs) flash uh, flash. Yes, the Freudian slip there. Static uh, begins talking to uh, Richie and stumbles upon something that he's creating. I believe he asks him if he's creating a particle accelerator. He said yes, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> Thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I, overall, I th- I had I think this episode was a lot of fun. As I said, you know, we were doing the intro that the the spotlight is taken a little bit away from Static at times, and I don't think that that's a detriment. You know, we talked about that being something that they were able to. Uh, successfully avoid in the crossover episodes uh, thus far that we've reviewed this month uh, in giving static a spotlight still. I think this episode does a great, uh, a good job, although it is a familiar trope, as we had mentioned, I think they do a, a decent job of, of giving it its fresh spin. Um, I like that the, that the, the main plot is that Richie is trying, is sort of discovering his powers and that this, this plot of, the supervillains figuring out Static's uh, secret identity is sort of the B plot, but it works and fits well right into the A plot. So um, I, I, I had a lot of fun on this week's episode. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot of fun because even once they sort of are figuring out that maybe this is his bang baby power, Richie's still like pretty down on himself about it because he, you know, he's complaining about you know why couldn't I get you know, why couldn't I fly or get super strength or shoot lasers out of my eyes? Instead, my power is being able to think real good. Yo, bro, what's that? Plans for a particle accelerator? <sighs> yeah. I was kidding. Hey, man, why so down? Isn't it fun being a super brain? I guess. It's just, how come I couldn't get a cool power like super strength or laser vision? Laser vision? 
How am I supposed to fight supervillains? Think them into submission? All I can be is your mega mechanic. And uh, that's sort of, uh, he's sort of disappointed by it. But of course, in the end, it's all these gadgets and, and things that he's created for Virgil are actually what leads him to be able to track Virgil down. And then uh, some of these new uh, weapons that he's devised are able are are enough to kind of let him keep the uh, the other Bang Babies at, at bay. We have Shiv, Kangor, and Talon all uh, all returning uh, to be part of Ebon's crew in this episode. And so, Question. yeah. Have we reviewed an episode yet where a villain has worked by themselves? <laughs> um, no, I I think that's a negative, Ghost Rider. I mean, unless you count the unless you count the the pilot, which has the creation of a whole bunch of Bang Babies, ultimately. Uh, but they, I feel like every single episode we've done so far, there's been some conglomeration of villain. What, how do you feel about that? Because I, I, to me, I feel like the other DCAU shows saved team ups. I mean, Injustice League mm. was certainly more prevalent uh, with you know the Injustice Guild or Injustice Gang or whatever you want to call them. Mm. Uh, but in the original DCAU shows, at least, it seemed that that villain team ups were were sort of specialized events. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I'm I'm okay with certain ones. Like, I don't know how you make like Shiv into a his own like a good enough character to warrant being. I'm like I'm okay with having a few like super powered underlings who just work for everybody. So say we last week we saw Kangor teaming up with uh, with Ferret and Hyde and. And this week here, he's he's teamed up with uh, with Ebon and and Tal, and um, I don't I don't hate that as an idea that they're like underlings within this like new super criminal hierarchy that that's established in the Static World. But yeah, to your point, there's also that thing where if he has trouble with any one of these people when they all team up. It's kind of that problem that you always run into with supervillain team-ups where all of a sudden everybody has to go down a lot easier than they would if they were the sole villain of the episode. Right. So, like, Ebon, who we've established to this point in the series, even in just the couple episodes we reviewed with him, is that he's, like, you know, the, the top the top guy. He's the, he's the baddest of the bad. He's got very, like, inconsistent, hard-to-describe powers. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he's, uh, you know, and, he, and he's sort of the, the baddest of the bad here, but he sort of has to get taken down at about 20 seconds at the end of the episode because the rest of the episode, Gear and then Static are fighting Kangor and Shiv and Talon. So there's not that much time left for Ebon to really show off his his uh, his skills at the end of the episode. So I think that's that is a problem with doing a lot of supervillain team ups is that some of your supervillains almost have to become like less powerful than they were in other episodes, just by nature of their having to share the screen with so many others. For sure. Yeah. I think you're, I think that's a very valid point. And, and I, I would say that that seems to be, seems to be the case in this episode. I know that they used uh, Richie's, uh, what did he, what does he call the bang grenades or whatever they zap are? Caps. Zap caps. That's right. The zap cap invention that he makes, uh, it was a good showcase for that, at least initially. But it, the fact that Richie has almost no problem with two or three of these guys himself and having never been in, in an actual fight <laughs> <laughs> before this episode does sort of take away their sort of threat 
overall for these guys uh, sh- should they reappear again. I mean, like, did he kill Talon? Because he, <laughs> so, like, as he's trying to break into their headquarters, which is this old abandoned juvenile detention hall, she's like outside on lookout, and he just like crashes into her, and they fall on the ground, and then we don't see Talon again for the rest of the episode. Whereas Kangor and Shiv, like they're they're both tied up by these zap caps, but kind of get free and are able to continue in the fight for another couple minutes. But I was like, is I assume she's not because I'm almost 100% positive this isn't her last appearance. But at the time, I was like, did Richie kill her? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a stay alive groan, so I I think we're yeah, safe. Yeah. All right, good. But- good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and give my score for this. Like I said, I think it's very, very strong. I think to date of the episodes that we've done, um, obviously the Batman episodes that we, the Batman crossover episodes that we've done have been fun. Uh, but this one standing on its own is not having to worry or not having to rely on a crossover star in order to bring the excitement i thought it was very strong i think that the writing uh alan burnett and William mcduffie as you mentioned are in tr- were in charge of this episode and i think they did a did a great job it feels like it's it's part of the dcau uh, we talked a little bit last week about how the shack episode kind of seemed to be on its own planet or like <laughs> you know the planet hannah barbara but um <laughs> You know, this one, this one, I think, feels like it fits in the DCAU without without, uh, you know, feeling like a straight copy and without having those crossover crossover heroes. So uh, with that, I had a lot of fun with this one. I gave it a score of eight out of ten for plot. Nice. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right in that same ballpark. I went uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I think this is a this is a good, strong episode. As you said, we. We kind of, as you said, it's funny that the idea of the supervillains finding out the main hero's secret identity being the B plot. If you if you just kind of look at that on paper, that seems kind of weird. But using that as sort of the of a clever way to sort of have Virgil get captured and also that that little caveat of well, yeah, he could break out of the cell, but then he fully exposes himself as static. And him uh, and him having to rely on Richie with his new powers uh, to to figure out a way to uh, free. Um, I thought that was creative. The idea of Richie using a backpack to uh, hack into the cameras and sort of create a loop uh, of footage of Virgil, so that uh, meanwhile Richie could could give Virgil the static suit and they could they could break him out. I thought that was really clever. Right here, V-Man. Quiet. They might be watching. They are watching. Reruns. I had Backpack manipulate a loop of you, which he's feeding into Ebon's monitor right now. Nice. One funky, fresh superhero costume. This is a good way to show off that not only is he the gadget guy, but he's also smart. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was clever. I like I liked seeing the way the the heroes outthought the uh, the bad guys in this one. 
I thought it was funny. Also, they gave him the uh, they they they. I think the villains ask like, "Who the heck is this guy?" or something. And mm-hmm. Virgil ma- Virgil makes a boy wonder joke. I thought which was awesome. Um, and then later on, when they're where they're where Richie is struggling to come up with a name, uh, he gives he gives two name checks. One to Hardware, which was uh, another milestone comics uh, hero. And mm-hmm. then uh, then he also ponders using the name Steel, of course, which is uh, certainly a more well-known uh, <laughs> superhero, uh, both in the DCAU and the, D- the DC universe proper at large. So, I think you're spending more time in front of the mirror than my sister does. And it's starting to worry. We still got to come up with a superhero handle. How about hardware? I think somebody's using steel. Well, it's got to say something about all this gear I got. Gear? What about that? Gear. Perfecto money. Yeah, and like kind of this whole transformation for gear. The gear character is sort of vaguely based on another milestone character called Rocket, who is the sidekick of Icon, who is sort of the the milestone comic Superman. Um, uh, That that character wasn't Richie Static's friend in the books, but it was this sort of guy who got super smart and and fought crime and and helped helped out the main hero with his uh, with his gadgets. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of little uh, milestone references throughout this episode. Which, of course, uh, if you haven't done your research or know know anything about Milestone, uh, Dwayne McDuffie certainly is the not only the creator of Static, but Static came out of Milestone and created a whole bunch of the other characters in in Milestone uh, as well. So. Um, yeah, those those characters have been on hold for a little while as far as the DCU or the DCU proper is concerned, but hopefully we'll we'll see them come back into uh, into use in the not too distant future. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be visuals and animation. So, uh, if you recall, last week was uh, well, it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> didn't get didn't get high marks from either of us. But uh, it's funny what one week will do, and it's certainly what type of appreciation. Uh, as you mentioned, I think Dong Wu did the animation for this week's episode. And man, compared to what we watched last week, it's night and day. And while this is maybe a little bit more like uh, The Batman or Jackie Chan Adventures as far as some <laughs> of the animation, uh, I, I think that this is leaps and bounds above what we saw last week. And sort of skewed my scoring a little bit for this week. <laughs> Just the, the happiness of being away from that season two style. But yeah, yeah, I definitely, I think there's some cool stuff just from a visual standpoint. I, like I said, I, I like Richie's gadgets, the, the new zap caps, which are sort of these grenades that burst into these metal cables that tie you up. I think that's, that's cool. I like, I like the design of, of his backpack, which is kind of, again, sort of this uh, MacGuffin deus ex machina thing that can kind of do whatever, whatever he needs it to for the rest of the series. But uh, sort of this, you know, advanced AI thing. And, um, but I I like the design of that. Um, I guess at the very end, we do get to see the full real costume. The question is, can backpack hack the internet? (laughs) Not as good as Static can, apparently. The, the, 
Thus we know, yes. But yes, uh, we see not only Static's uh, return to Static Season 3 costume, but yeah, we get the full reveal of uh, of Gear's gear. Yeah, I and it's funny. I actually, I like, like, the makeshift costume he has on when he, in his sort of, when he goes out to save Virgil. Uh, I thought that was kind of, you get bits and pieces of it. He has the helmet and the rocket shoes and backpack, but he doesn't have the full suit yet. And then sort of right at the end of the episode, they reveal the uh, the full design, which, of course, if you watched the opening title sequence, you would have already known what he looks like in the suit. But yeah, that's still cool. I will say there's a there's, I guess this is, uh, is between plot and uh, and visuals here. But right at the start of the episode, Richie mentioned mentioned something about static being in his new costume. So I didn't see anything about this while I was doing my research, but I do wonder if this and hard of hard as nails got flipped in the episode order maybe like maybe it was decided that the batman team up was a a stronger season premiere um because this this episode is listed as season three episode two but he but there's like a name check of oh static's in his new costume now it's like well he was already in it last week and nobody mentioned it so i wonder if i wonder if there was something about uh if if these got switched around in the episode order (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a I think that certainly makes sense. I think that uh, that again we had talked, which you can hear uh, two weeks back. Uh, we did hard as nails, and uh, you know we we talked about the the idea that maybe they picked Batman back to back seasons as the lead in for. Uh, season premiere in order to draw certain viewers in or to get new viewers or you know past dcau fans uh to to check out static uh as a sort of a strategy so it makes sense uh to to get people hyped and excited about that uh, and maybe swap things but yeah production order obviously not as readily available on some of the static stuff as we mentioned uh over the past few weeks so hard hard to say for sure but to me i i think based on Based on that comment alone, I think that's that's a fair guess. Yeah, but uh, yeah, some other other cool visuals. Like I said, uh, this is our our return look at Ebon after we previously looked at him in the season one episode. Um, his design and actually most of the bad guys' designs really were pretty unchanged. Static and and Richie and some of the other uh, ancillary characters got got redesigned and overhauled for this new style, but for uh, for most of the bad guys, they're they're pretty much the same, just sort of slightly updated to fit into the uh, into this uh, more DCAU proper style. But uh, still still enjoy Ebon's visuals. It's a it's a cool look. He's just this you know this black figure in in a gray vest, and he has this purple highlight on him. And like I said, I, he can do a lot of different things with his powers depending on what the story needs him to do he can like teleport he can stretch he can like kind of look like turn into liquid like he can do he can do here yeah so he's like one part shadow thief one part clay face <laughs> one part mr fantastic or plastic man or elongated man one part ink uh he's sort of a conglomeration of all those things and i think that 
while it makes for an inconsistent character portrayal, it is at least visually interesting because he also does a little bit of shape shifting at times and his size can can change depending on, you know, the what what the scene seems to call for. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that visually he to me, he has and continues to be the most interesting visually of statics villains. Um, you know, I, hopefully we'll get a chance to is. I assume there's a Ebon origin episode, right? Yeah, I would think so. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that for uh, for future static months. But yeah, we will yeah. have to go back uh, for. I think we'll have to go back pretty far into season one, unfortunately. But yeah, we might find that. I know there's uh, some also some connections uh, established later on between Ebon and uh, Rubber Band Man as well. Um, spoiler alert for a 20 year old cartoon, but um, <laughs> so yeah, I know there's. Uh, so there's some there's some stuff there as well. So there's definitely a little bit more to the uh, to the mythos of Ebon that we'll uh, we'll certainly uh, look to explore in our uh, our upcoming reviews uh, when we come back to Static uh, maybe later this year. Absolutely, can't wait to check that out. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think that visually, this is a like I said, it's hard to say how much of it was just. Man, I'm so glad to be out of that terrible season two animation and how much of it was really, really good. Um, but I thought that some of the visualizations and nods were were interesting. I, I've got a little bit of a, a Tony Stark into Iron Man vibe as as Gear was trying on his <laughs> rocket propelled rollerblades uh, at the beginning mm-hmm. there, sort of st- steadying and and uh, actually very, very much an Iron Man uh, Iron Man cartoon transformation vibe from when uh, when Static puts on his suit in the next to last scene. He kind of does the full spin and the, the music kicks in and the visuals kick in. Really, really great uh, yeah. transformation there. I thought that was awesome. Um, yeah, we already talked about the villains and, and uh, overall just much much better looking flow uh consistency all of that uh in this season season three looks so uh, i gave animation and visuals a very very strong nine out of ten wow yeah i'm uh, i'm right in that same ballpark uh i gave it an eight out of ten um a lot of really really good stuff in this episode as we covered and yeah, you mentioned it just a second ago, but that that scene of Static putting on the suit, and yeah, you get this kind of big 360 shot of him, and then it uh, cuts to him in the cell with his hands glowing, and there's sort of a shot for a second of him in shadow. It's sort of the lights flickering around the cell. It's really, really cool and really well done. And I like, and the last little visual bit I'll mention is at the end, uh, Static uses his. Uh, there's a little saucer that he flies around on. He just uses that to flatten Ebon against a wall and zap him. And after he's after he's done, Ebon's become uh, he's become the 2D man from Batman Beyond. Uh, I thought that was a really even though as we talked about in plot, it's a little silly that you know the biggest bad got taken down so easily. It was still uh, from a visual standpoint, pretty a pretty clever way to do it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, so, yeah, both strong scores from us thus far uh, here. Let's move on to our next category, Liam, which has been a very uh, controversial <laughs> or not. You know, it's been a very interesting category to rank the last couple weeks. Uh, I don't know that this week is going to be very different. Uh, but uh, let's talk about music here. Uh, I've gone on rants the last two weeks about music, <laughs> so I will let you go first. What were your thoughts on music this week? 
Yeah, I didn't have a ton of notes about music this week, um, which might be good news for you. But uh, yeah, I, I I liked the same things that I have liked. I could always I wanted more of the Kangor theme. We get a little bit of that, but uh, that was probably my favorite villain theme that we've heard so far. Um, so I, I I like that. I like how there's kind of little musical interludes for all of the different different uh, bad guys in in Ebon's crew. Uh, we don't really have like a at least I picked up on there's. Uh, the gear theme, which is you only sort of hear in the background as he's, I think, as he's crafting some of his weapons and and uh, gear, for lack of a better term, uh, it, it actually reminded me quite a bit of the kind of the, that weird little interlude or or crescendo that plays whenever Brainiac shows up in Superman. Ah, uh, yeah. That sort of like six million dollar man sounding thing, which is like the super techno thing. Um, we get a little bit of that with gear, and then yeah, we we don't have as much uh, lyrics in our music this week um we do have one song as the villains come together where it's just a guy going this is how we roll over and over again and that made me (laughs) laugh so i liked that um but yeah i didn't i didn't notice as much like like we said that that scene where static puts on the suit in the cell and transforms and the uh the static theme plays and comes to crescendo with the people shouting static shock as it cuts to the next scene i thought that was cool um so yeah, I, I liked the music this week, but I didn't f- feel there was much as much to talk about as there has been maybe the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that. I think that there uh, certainly were still a few times where uh, there were some lyrics interjected into the music, which if you've listened to the last two weeks, you know that that's been my <laughs> biggest gripe uh, about Static. And, and that that appears to be, I guess, sort of what they ultimately decided to do uh, now that we are six or seven episodes into reviewing Static Shock. Uh, that seems to be their signature thing. So I, I suppose it's something that I should prepare myself for as we <laughs> as we be continue to review the show but I, I, I that doesn't make me uh, enjoy it anymore i think that this week they did tone it down a lot um certainly was not as distracting as i felt it was in that episode uh kangor's theme as we mentioned last week uh, during that episode it was cool that they at least kept that uh going and that's still his theme even though the visuals have changed that the audio cues still st- seem to stay the same um yeah so uh, with that said um and then of course as the in that scene that we mentioned just a moment ago where static does his 360 change you get the season two static theme coming through and um that i i that is growing on me i'm not ready to say that i'm i'm fully <laughs> on board with with lyrics and in background uh, soundtrack but uh, that that at least is is sort of changing my mind about things because it does punctuate that scene very well and it kind of lets you know that hey uh, some butt kicking is coming. Yeah, that's uh, just make note of that, listeners. We are slowly wearing Cal down. Another, <laughs> another eight or nine episodes of Static, and I think I'll get him to give us. Uh, I might even get him to give us like a six or a seven. Well, it's definitely not going to be a six or a seven this episode, uh, <laughs> based on the fact that it's still. It's still there. It's still noticeable to me, but it's certainly much better than the score that I gave two weeks ago and certainly better than the score I gave last week. I am giving music this week a five out of ten. That is fair enough, and I went just a little bit stronger there. Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. 
All right. No disagreement alarm on that one, though. <laughs> All righty, Liam. Let's move on to our final category for this week, which, of course, is going to be voice acting. So let's talk about our cast. We have, uh, with as many villains as we have uh, represented on today's episode, uh, I imagine we have a bit of a larger cast. Yeah, for sure. We have a bunch of returning villains who we've talked about in previous episodes. We have Brian Tochi returning as Shiv. We have uh, Tia Tahada returning as Talon. We have uh, Kevin Michael Richardson playing Kane Gore. He doesn't actually play Virgil's dad. Virgil's dad doesn't appear at all in this episode, so he's just voicing Kane Gore this time. And we have the returning Gary Sturgis as Ebon. Uh, I'm sure we talked about this in our our first episode that featured Ebon that we reviewed, uh, Sons of the Fathers. Uh, but uh, I was it just really hit me in this episode how Gary Sturgis as Ebon. It's just iced tea. Like, he's just yes. doing iced tea's voice. Never thought we'd all end up back here again. Isn't it great? No way anybody'd look for us at the old Juvie Hall. Spent a lot of time here back in the day. We were inmates then. Now we run the place. I always ran the place. Anything wrong? Yeah, that kid. His name was Foley. Every time I see him, Static's right there. I shouldn't have let him slip away the first time. So let's find him. Just what I was thinking. Start with the high school closest to the jail. Dakota Union High? Whatever. Just find him. I want us on that kid like a shadow. 100%. Absolutely. I think I think I, I thought to myself about half a dozen times, like, man, he is literally just doing iced tea. If you've ever watched uh, Law & Order SVU, <laughs> or um, I think that's the only thing that Ice-T really has acted in uh, or maybe his e-show that he had for a while with his his wife. I think he had a television reality show. So, Or if you've watched John Mulaney's stand-up comedy uh, specials <laughs> where he does his impression of Ice-T on Law & Order, all of yes. these, uh, that's basically what you can expect from Ebon as well. Uh, he's... It's not bad, but it is. It was just like, oh man, he's just straight up doing an impression. It reminds me of uh, when when they have Michael Rosenbaum do his walking impression when he voices the ghoul and the Jokers. Yeah, like uh, it's it's very it's very clearly just a straight up like I'm doing an impression voice actor. Absolutely, yeah. I I appreciate I appreciate it. I think it's really really interesting, and I because it's it's. Like it, they didn't go out and get Ice T to do the voice. It, when we know it, which ironically we know that Ice T did voice uh, the one of the Splicers in one of the Batman Beyond episodes that we've we've covered. Uh, I believe Splicers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> aptly named, uh, which you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com. But uh, so to have somebody come on and do what is really just a really good impersonation of him. Uh, it, at times I'm like, man, I wish they had just gotten ice tea to do his voice. But at the same time, I, I think it's, it's done so well that you can't help, but just stand back and be like, you guys, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. And I like, I like the interactions between, uh, between him and then some of the other guys There's line where Kangor is talking about, Oh, Oh, we used to, uh, you know, we used to be inmates at this juvie hall and now we run it. And Ebon's like, I always ran it. And I, I just like you, it's very easy to believe that he is, he's the top dog among, among all these, uh, 
maybe. So yeah, I, I liked I liked the performances for most of the villains there. And and then yeah, our, our our main our main actors we have of course Jason Marston as Richie slash Gear, which obviously it's it's really his episode. But uh, we also of course have Phil Lamar as Static, and we in fact get to hear Static uh, use his catchphrase from the comic books at one point. When he's uh, when he when he utters the phrases, uh, if you don't want none, don't start none. That's uh, it's actually a, one of his uh, catchphrases in the original Milestone comics. So, as we said, a lot of different Milestone uh, references in this episode. Hey, let's get out of here. The cops are everywhere. You're worried about the police when I'm here? Static. You don't start none, it won't be none. Yeah, it was, it was good. I'm, I mean, I know, I think Alan Burnett got soul writing credit, or at least I think that's what the what the uh, story by, I think, in the credit said, but clearly uh, he had gotten some, some consultation from Mr. McDuffie on this episode. So having those nods uh, is certainly very much appreciated. Yeah, I think it's one of those where it's like story by Alan Burnett, like teleplay, which I think is just the term for the person that actually like writes up the script. So I, mm-hmm. I, I assume I'm, I'm sure like all of this, it's always a collaborative effort with all of the producers and writers on the show. It's just, you know, whoever's name maybe came up with the initial story beats that gets the full credit. But yeah. Yeah, this is definitely uh, yeah, that, that little that little bit thrown in. I was like, oh, yeah, this is. <laughs> This has definitely got uh, Mr. McDuffie's uh, fingerprints on it, and yeah, and then yeah, we ha- this is the most Richie we've had in any episode so far, and I also think this is the episode where I found him the least annoying, which is a good thing I would say, considering he talked so much in this episode. I would agree. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was they didn't limit him to quips and or <laughs> wise guy uh, speaks speech bubbles. Uh, so having him to be able to come in, give full dialogue, um, plus you're sort of along for the ride in his metamorphosis into bra- this brainiac type, not brainiac the supervillain, but brainiac as in no, the terms. No, that comes later this season. Oh right, right, right. But that's yeah, that's in a story for another time. Um, but yes, yeah, so you're along for the ride. He's not completely and totally annoying as he's been at times, and uh, yeah, that's definitely a compliment. Yeah, and I, I actually really loved the scene where uh, where. Uh, Ebon's crew shows up to grab Virgil at the high school because I really like I found Vir- uh, Jason Marsden's performance as Richie very relatable in that in that scene because if my best friend was a superhero and the baddest supervillain in town showed up I would also panic and lot and be a terrible liar in that moment <laughs> so when he's when he's screaming he's not static he's not static i'm like yeah no that's exactly how i would act and exactly what i would say <laughs> like, he's a terrible liar but i actually think that works better for the scene where you're kind of really getting over just how like frantic and scared he is in that moment i kind of was half expecting him to say i'm static <laughs> uh, but uh, it, he just came up a little short from saying that, so yeah, that that would have that would have been pretty great too. But yeah, I I did appreciate that scene because I was like, yeah, that's I would also uh you know <laughs> I would also panic and and try to throw out terrible lies in that moment. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, overall, I thought uh, I thought voice acting was was pretty darn strong this week, and uh, 
I actually gave it a 9 out of 10. Nice. Uh, I gave it just a tick lower, but I'm right in the same neighborhood. Gave it a 8 out of 10 uh, for voice acting. Very, very strong scores from us uh, both on this episode and certainly for voice acting here. I think it's a good showcase. I think that uh, things stand out. We didn't have any guest stars. This is kind of getting an idea of the cast uh, themselves. We have certainly covered a few different crossovers where we've had a lot of familiar voices, but uh, this episode, you know, you kind of get the full static cast in all of their glory, and they do a really, really good job uh, of making this feel like the like it fits into the DCAU. Agreed. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to our final scores for this week's episode. Totaling everything up for this week, I have a very respectable. 30 out of 40. And I am just a tiny bit higher there. And my final score is a 31 out of 40. So, yeah, I think this is definitely the highest rating you've given a static episode uh, to date here. So uh, as far as as far as rewatchability goes, I I would definitely give this one a thumbs up. Uh, Not only is it a fun story, but obviously it's it's Richie's transformation from, as we said, to sort of being a a friend and a confidant to being a, you know, a true blue hero in his own right. So I I definitely think this one uh, gets a thumbs up for rewatchability. It is. And I I don't, you know, I don't know if we, we talked a lot about Richie in this, this episode, but even as not the main focus, I thought this was a great episode for static as a whole. Um, I think that it's clear that his character went through sort of a metamorphosis. We talked about in the plot, you know, he's, smart he thinks right off the bat well wait a minute what if the villains here are actually watching me and they want me to use my powers mm-hmm. so it it shows that static isn't just rushing headstrong into this as a typical teenager was so there's some growth in the character there gets the opportunity to to sort of be a mentor and sort of uh, certainly encourage richie as somebody who like you said he's disappointed in his powers and what powers he gets uh, so there's there's some great static in this episode too so uh, yeah I would definitely give this a rewatchability. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it's certainly pivotal to this third season and ultimately the fourth season because gear is certainly a major part going forward. But it's also, like we said, as far as non-crossover episodes, uh, which we haven't had had a chance to, to cover a lot of yet, um, it's fun. It's it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, you get some you get some some fun visuals and some good voice acting all all mixed in together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point you made because we sort of we we having the benefit of uh, foresight in this case, know that one day in this in this DCAU timeline, Static grows into being, you know, one of the one of the great heroes. He, he joins the Justice League. He's right up there with, you know, all of these great legendary heroes when, uh, you know, when we hear Batman Beyond talk about him later on. So um that it's cool to kind of see that him grow from maybe where we see him in some of those early episodes that we've reviewed uh through to now and and certainly going forward as we review even more static so see that transformation from being sort of this wide-eyed kid just getting a handle on his powers to now being able to sort of be in almost a mentor role to uh his friend and and some of the other people his age who are also dealing with these powers so yeah i think that's that's a great point 
Awesome. All right, William. Well, that will bring us uh, to the end of this week's episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and giving us a listen. We are so thankful for that. Don't forget to check us out on our social media pages. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Liam runs our Twitter page. Uh, we both run our Instagram page. Both can be found at DCAU Review. Uh, don't forget to check out also later later this week, coming up soon, uh, we will have our latest bonus episode in which we discuss the latest two issues slash one issue combined into or split into two <laughs> issues of Batman the Adventures Continue. Don't forget also to check us out on your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe to us. If you have time, leave a review. Five stars is always helpful and certainly a detailed review letting us know and other people that might be interested in listening to us know what you like about the program. Liam, I mentioned our Twitter at DCAU Review. I know you had a poll up there uh, over the last week or so uh, asking for input from our fans. That's something they can always do by following us. We do that quite often and uh, we put a vote up for what the final static episode that we would be covering in this month of July would be. Uh, so why don't you uh, tell the good folks at home just what episode we will be covering? Yeah, I, I tried to put up some variety in the poll. I avoided any more crossovers because as Cal's mentioned, we've done uh, quite a few of those already in, uh, in our few episodes of static we reviewed. But I picked a few episodes each from the uh, from the first three seasons and uh, thankfully, our, our listeners and our, our friends and followers on Twitter were, were merciful to us and did, in <laughs> fact, pick the one season three episode I put in the poll. And we will actually be going to the very next episode of Static, season three, episode three, uh, Static in Africa. Very good. Looking forward to that one. Um, I feel like we watched, uh, we were pretty faithful in watching season three of Static, my recollection, during the original run uh, after that Batman episode and certainly after the animation changed. I remember getting to watch this. I don't remember this episode specifically, but I know that it, it uh, it's pretty popular and uh, you know some of our friends, you know, the Tim Talk guys have covered it. and uh, mm -hmm. So I'd certainly look forward to, to checking that out uh, with you next week, Liam. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. And yeah, always, uh, always check out our Twitter and our Instagram at DCAU Review to find out what we'll be reviewing next. And uh, hey, just like this ep with this episode coming up next week, you may even have a chance to uh, help us pick what we're going to review. Absolutely. We're also coming up on a few milestones. We're almost at a thousand followers on our Twitter page. We're creeping up towards a thousand on Instagram. So thank you guys for following us. Share, tell your friends, and uh, you never know what can pop up there. Who knows? Maybe, maybe as we creep towards a thousand, we'll uh, we'll get the opportunity to do another giveaway. Liam, that's always fun. But that's a story for another time. And until next week, I am Cal, and I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.